Good evening and welcome back to Snell Nation. As always, I'm Sir Thomas and welcome back. So what I wanted to uh, do tonight was uh, talk about Congress for a minute. And uh, just some, some things I find kind of interesting and in, in just in the way we relate to Congress and, well, I guess the way we don't relate and uh, how much power they have and how little oversight they also have. Now, just to put everything on the table, Congress has a great deal of power. I mean, they can declare war, they can coin money, they can raise a military, army, navy, regulate commerce, they can establish rules of immigration and naturalization, uh, they even can establish federal courts and the jurisdictions. And that, that right there is just the tip of the iceberg. We can also throw on top of the, the pile um, the Postal Service because, you know, we know how efficient and effective they've been in, in recent years. Well, in any year, they've been running pretty much deficits for quite some time. But, uh, yeah, which is why I always dare people to bring me the lengthy list of things that government has made more efficient, more effective, and less expensive. But that's... That's something else for another time. So I decided to do, uh, I, I dropped a poll. As much as, you know, we love polls. Um, I hung it out there on LinkedIn. Um, I set it for about a week. Um, but it's only been 24 hours. And I was going to wait until it crossed uh, 500 participants. Uh, I think at this point, I think it's just shy of 800. So I figured, hey, I think this this kind of, it's a, it's a good way to... Uh, kind of test the temperature of the water here. So, you know, 800 participants, and I gave it uh, just a pretty basic, you know, how would you rate them uh, 1 to 10? And I, I slipped 0 in there <laughs> as an option. And 71% of the participants went with 0. 15% went with 1. <laughs> so uh, that's 86% of total participants Gave them a fail. <laughs> a fail. Now, I think there was about 30 other participants that gave them a middle-of-the-road uh, um, uh, a 5. And a handful of people that I think were just trying to be instigators gave them a 10 for some reason. But I, I just found it interesting that, you know, you can look at that information. You can see that a majority of the country... Us, us normal citizens, the ninety, the great ninety nine percent, can see that Congress isn't serving the people. They're they're not serving us, which is their their job, their their primary reason for being. Like those those positions, that's why we created government. And uh, we, for whatever reason, we still keep reelecting these people. And I believe there was a uh, Gallup poll from, let's see, I think I believe it was 2018, where Congress, <laughs> they have an approval rating, they've, they've had an approval rating between 9 and 11%, and it's been that way for years. But their re-election rate, I think it's close to about 94 to 96%, very high. So we don't trust them, we don't like what they're doing, but most of us re-elect them. And then one just it begs the question, why? 
why do we why do we keep shooting ourselves in the foot? And I think there are several reasons. Um, well, the the big one being the constant cycle of distractions. Uh, every two to four years, of course, we fall into the presidential election cycle, the executive branch of government. And that's where we put most of our focus. And we, we go on and on and on about who gets to sit in that in that office yeah, or sit in the White House for four to eight years. Meanwhile, we have these people that will sit in Congress for you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. I, I the, the, the median age in Congress, I believe it's 61 years old. But we think these are the people. These are the people that can uh, effectively operate our most powerful branch of government. Make no mistake, the legislative branch is the most powerful branch when you really take a, a close look at it. Not, not the executive, not the judicial, legislative. And they, they, they wield all that power and they sit in those positions for decades. And the fact that over 50% of them are millionaires, some of them multi-millionaires, and they bounce back and forth that revolving door in between K Street, well, K Street, Wall Street, <laughs> and the Capitol building, where they just rotate through these different positions and kind of bounce back and forth. And for whatever reason, we think that they have our best interests at heart, and we only focus on who's president, who's president. And if you notice, each time you get the choice between the, the demigod and the demislave, of course, this time around, uh, in 2016, we got the demigod, and then this time around, we got the demislave, who just is essentially an empty vessel uh, that pretty much just, he, he, he's just there, <laughs> barely. And we think that that's the most powerful position, like that's the most powerful seat in the land, and that's where we put our focus, which is baffling. I mean, but, but I can understand how we can get so lost and the sauce, as they say, and so lost in all the distractions and the rigmarole and all the stuff that's happening around us. And, you know, it really makes you wonder, you know, how, how can we fix this? And a lot of people say, well, we just need to, you know, we need to vote, we need to vote them out and get new people in, vote them out, vote, 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 vote. And I believe that voting, voting can only work if you, the, the, the entire structure has to be adjusted. In this case, if you're just swapping out, you know, one puppet for another puppet, well, what's the point? If the puppet master isn't removed, then you're just going to get more of the same. You'll just get maybe someone who looks different, sounds different, has a different name, comes from a slightly different background. But they're still, they still followed the same process to get there. They still went through the same prerequisites as the last person to even reach that sphere to be able to even qualify to take that position or compete for that position, if you want to call it well, a competition. It's more of a selection, uh, usually, but that's something else. But... I, I ask people just, hey, you know, so how do you think we can fix this? And then, of course, it goes to voting, and which, yeah, uh, sure, it could work in, in a perfect world or, or at least in a world where uh, the institutions actually serve the 
people that it's supposed to, uh, of course. Um, but, but I think we get wrapped up in all that because of the fear. That fear of uncertainty or fear of the unknown. So we accept what's already been built and laid out in front of us and what we're told to, to follow. Like, hey, this is the gold standard. You know, this is how we uh, run the country. This is how we select our our officials and everyone has to do their part and rock the vote, and blah, 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 blah. So that's all we know. So it's hard to imagine something different. It's hard to imagine um, maybe uh, some sort of transition from an indirect democracy to a direct democracy. And And what I mean by that is going from us selecting these individuals to speak on our behalf when they've shown that they're most of them are incapable of doing that transitioning to something where um, bills and, and different concepts are directly pitched to us and we get to vote directly on individual bills or individual proposals and someone would say oh that's that's insane how could that work with 330 you know million people over 330 million people and I say well We've got this solid 4G infrastructure. Now we got the 5G infrastructure coming along. We've got all this technology. You've got all these smartphones and everything just flying around. And there's more proposals hanging out there. Um, Biden's little infrastructure plan has 2.2 trillion. He says 2 trillion, but 2.2 trillion dollar proposal. Uh, there's there's a couple of little <laughs> little spots in there where they're going to try to divert uh, tens of billions of dollars towards. Uh, beefing up our, our internet infrastructure and all that good stuff so well we could put it to good use. You know, why is it that the American people can't be trusted to review something, a, a concept or a proposal or a bill or something that, you know, might be a little complex, but given the bare bones and, and the, the all the solid information about it and given the opportunity to weigh in on it, now, th that's, that's real power. Not selecting one person who's going to speak on the behalf of, of tens of thousands or tens of millions or whatever. You know, that's what I mean by that transition from a uh, going from that indirect democracy to a direct democracy. And you don't hear it that often, just like uh, you don't hear a lot. <laughs> there are a lot of things that you just, you will not hear certain buzzwords in the mainstream media. And, well, that's one example. You know, we'll never really discuss uh, true tax reform. We'll never discuss um, how lobbying works in, in Washington or possibly abolishing lobbying or, or finding ways to kind of make it, uh, adjust it in such a way that the corporations don't have such a stranglehold, such a tight grip on uh, each branch of government. You know, the, that'll never be discussed in great length. They'll never discuss any possible solutions or anything to even attempt to return uh, our branches of government back to us, back to the people. So that's, 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 a, that's a tall order, unfortunately. Uh, because I tell people all the time, you can't rely on the state to police the state. Um, and that's for those individuals that get excited whenever like a governor does one good deed 
after screwing things up for like three years or, well, in this case, the past year, yeah, good, good luck. You know, I wouldn't hold my breath, you know, waiting on that. And let's let's not pat these people on the back, you know, and like the, the governor of Texas. Oh, you know, uh, <laughs> he's going to block COVID passports and yeah, he's going to do this and this. Like, I, that's great. Good. Good for him. Well, where the heck was he <laughs> the past year? <laughs> where was he when all the all the craziness was going on? And let's not even get into um, all those rolling blackouts and all that craziness that happened during the winter storm. That they weren't prepared for. It it's um, it's something that I, I just think it's it's interesting. If you push people far enough and you drop so much weight on them, like dropping like three hundred pounds on them, it it kind of cracks me up how grateful a society will become when you just take maybe forty pounds off of them so it feels a little less heavy and we just clap and applaud and say thank you and we don't think wait a minute like wait isn't it your fault that the 300 pounds were dropped on me in the first place (laughs) and you're not even going to take the entire burden off of me you're only going to take a little bit of it i mean that's that's how it works that's how all the uh all the all the control and all the social conditioning everything always starts with just just a little step, just a little step. That's the goal. But you put it behind this this grand thing, so people can can't see the the big picture. And we see it all the time. If you go all the way back to, um, and this is something I want to talk about another time, but the the Patriot Act, the Patriot Act, it was. Well, sold to us. I mean, even the name, oh, Patriot. Oh, yeah, it's it's for us. You know, yeah. No, it it essentially just adds a lot of additional powers and surveillance capabilities, and pretty much it makes it easier for the government to turn a citizen into a suspect instantly, really. And you lose a lot of your rights, and all they have to do is just label you as a terrorist or some sort of a violent extremist or. This person might have connections to this person who has connections to that person who has connections to this group. You know, it's, that's, that's just how wild it's become. And we just roll with it. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's for us. It's for our own safety. Well, you know, the government has all the answers and let's just go along with it. And no, that's not how it's supposed to work. <laughs> Limited government, small government, effective, efficient government, not bloated government. New agencies popping up every couple of years, you know, just and, and the budget just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. And if you just take a close look at these bills, that if you go back the past, let's say twenty years, I'd say start to start at two thousand, and go forward and take a good look at a lot of the big, uh, impactful legislation that has gone through, you know, with bipartisanship with people on the left and the right. Just, just jumping up and down. We've got to get this through, you know, and and it becomes law in an instant. <laughs> or if it's anything that has to do with the the banks or with Wall Street or big business, it just gets pushed through like lightning. But the second it's something that involves giving something back to well to us to the people, or something about adjusting foreign policy, bringing bringing the troops home, and all that kind of stuff. 
it just that's it becomes you know partisan and they they go back and forth back and forth to the point where you know it's so scripted almost like watching a wwe like watching wrestling and it's kind of the point where anytime I see some bill come down or I see a proposal and I look at it and like, oh, wow, that could really benefit us. Yeah, they're going to drag this out for like a couple of years and then they're going to throw in a bunch of social justice stuff to distract us. And then they'll kind of move on to something else and then we'll gradually just forget about it because that seems to be the trend. And I, I swear, if you just step back and, and you look at the past 20 years, I mean, the patterns are just so obvious that it's. It's crazy. I mean, it's really it's really eye opening. You know, so just please come off of autopilot and take a good look at what's happening around you and look back. There's so many answers that lie in the past that'll help you understand how we got to where we are now because this is this didn't just happen overnight. The past twenty years, yeah, we made some big leaps to get here. But I would say go back. I would say even 120 years and walk it forward and look at key events. You know, I mean, look at 1871, look at 1913, 1929, 1945. You know, and if you just keep walking it forward and look at the key events, how those events started, how they ended, and what happened immediately after each time. So, that's that's all I have to say about that. And as far as Congress goes, I tell you, it, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. As long as we remain on autopilot, people don't start to become uh, aware and curious. I know we've been conditioned to be uncurious and to not really care about relevant things that actually impact our lives, to just sit around arguing over I don't know, transgenders getting their own bathroom or something like that. We will go back and forth about that for like five years. Meanwhile, we don't we don't care about money creation, who sets our interest rates. We don't care about the Federal Reserve not actually being federal or having reserves or having any ties to our government. You know, we don't care about any of that stuff. And that's the stuff that deeply impacts us and future generations. So... That's what I have for you for now. Um, I'll be back, uh, I'd say in about three days, and I'm going to jump on the, uh, definitely want to talk about the Patriot Act and a particular story someone shared with me that's very relevant to that. And I have to touch on also my man, Charles Barkley. So, so there's that. So just thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening. Have a great evening. Snell Nation out.